After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Welcome to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, where leaders inspire leaders. Greater Good Radio Hawaii is dedicated to social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Evan Leong, and with me is my co-host, Carrie Leong. Thank you, Evan. Today's guest is Jimmy Yamada, owner of A1 Electrician, Inc. A1 has been a family business since 1957. Please welcome to Greater Good Radio, Jimmy Yamada. Welcome oh, to our show, Jimmy. Thank you. So could you tell us a little bit about A1 Electrician? We're an electrical contracting firm. We do business across the state. Uh, we do about 40 million and we have about 150 total employees. We do all kinds of work. And family business then, so you are running it primarily on your own or you have brother sister doing it with you or how does this work? Actually, I have a, a, a large family contingent Probably, I have my wife, my mother, my sister, my brother, and a lot of relatives uh, working for the firm. How, how do you guys manage that then? You know, making sure that you have a you know family relationship and then work relationship. I think it's it's important that uh, each person has their own responsibility area, so that we don't trample on each other, and and that's pretty clear. So even though I work with my wife, I rarely see her. We never hug and kiss <laughs> during the workday. So. so the company started in 1957. Who started the company? My father, what, what I'll call Jimmy Yamada Sr. Okay. And then you went right into it? This is something you knew you wanted to do? No, I knew I was never going to be in my father's business. So um, I worked for every summer I was required to work from probably about 13, 14, and I worked for about 10 years. Okay, and at that time, you could say he was somewhat training you, although in your mindset, you said, I'm not gonna do it. And when did you decide this is something that you wanna take over and do? After I went away to Hughes Aircraft to work, for a season, then something hit me, and I called my dad one day, and I says, hey, Dad, he never asked me to uh, join the business. He never pressured me. I called him one day, and I says, hey, Dad, I, I want to come back and work. So he said, okay, when you want to do that? And, and what did so, you tell him? When? Well, I forgot. <laughs> like the next week kind? Or? No, no, no. I mean, it was like, you know, well... It, probably in a month or two or something, you know, when I had to clean up, I had to clean up my stuff and take care of my business. So, so what, what was it? Was it homesickness? You just decided you wanted to work in a family business? What, what made that switch? I think one of the crucial things that allowed me to uh, recognize that I could handle, you know, the, there's a great pressure on a son, the eldest son especially, to, to thrive and prosper the business. And that's, that's pretty big pressure. 
and I never felt I could handle it because I was working out in a field every summer in the hot sun. Um, but my last two years, he brought me into the office, and I, I did estimating. And then, because I was majoring in electrical engineering, and it kind of came together. So even though I went away, it was like, I can do this. So... So you still actually were going into electrical engineering. You just didn't want to work with the family business initially. Yes, yes. And you were in college when you had this idea that you wanted to work with the family. Um, no, I was required to work in college all through. So after I graduated, then I went, when I went away to work, then I came back. Was it that you were working in the field um, when you were in college at the same time? And it finally hit you that why work for somebody else when you can build this with your father? No, I think it was more the practical revelation that I can do this. I think I can do this. And so, although there was the yearning to get out on your own and, and get away from the family and, and go and prove that you can do something, but uh, so it, uh, I know it just hit me one day. So that brings us to this kind of localism type subject that we go in this show quite a bit. You know, local people, for some reason, they, you know, local culture, you don't want to show off, you don't want to toot your own horn, and sometimes it becomes almost like an inferiority complex. But it, when people go away, they realize, wow, well, I got skills, I have talent, I can compete. And a lot of times it takes them to go away and do that. Is that kind of something that happened to you? Uh, I think that was part of it, but I think the maybe the greater thing was, okay, I had my... I had my fill, so I I been there, done that, went away. Okay, now I'm ready. I I don't know. I didn't. I've never analyzed that. So, thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Howdy sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion. Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. GreaterGoodRadio.com You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Please visit us online at GreaterGoodRadio.com. Today's guest is Jimmy Yamada, Jr., owner of A1 Electrician, Inc. A1 has been a family business since 1957. So it was a family business. And at that time when you worked with your father, how many employees were there? I think when I first started full-time, which was 1970, we had about 25 or 30 electricians, plus some office workers and a warehouse person. And now it's grown to 150. About there, yes. What do you think has caused that kind of growth? Is it the market? You were driving it? What, what caused that kind of growth? Uh, well, the, the market, I think you cannot grow without 
a strong marketplace. So the market has grown from the 70s through the 80s, and especially in the 90s, we fell back a little bit. Uh, the total construction in place last year was probably about $5.5 billion. It was in 1991 about $4 billion. So from 1991, it fell back to about $2.9 billion in about 1998, and then since then, from about $3 billion, it's grown to 5.5. So there's been a pretty good growth in the last uh, six or eight years. So definitely uh, the marketplace. How did you guys make it through that time? Did you guys have to do a lot of layoffs? What, what did you guys do in order to make it through the kind of the slow years? We have good electricians. That's number one. We have a pretty good management team, a pretty strong management team. We provided a pretty good customer service. And although everybody talks about those principles, I think not everyone is able to get it into the souls of the electricians and the people to really think customer and to really think uh, people development and people growth and creating a good environment. So I think we've been successful in applying uh, my guru's, Peter Drucker's principles to our business. Then how are you guys doing that? I mean, are there specific examples or programs in place that you maybe can share? Uh, Drucker, when I, when I uh, came across Peter Drucker in the early 70s, thinking that I was going to make a million dollars in a stock market, looking at business, read a lot of business books, uh, Peter Drucker's uh, management philosophy really stood out above the rest. So I took his philosophy from this book, Management, Task, Responsibilities, Practice, or something like that. And, and uh, he had three basic principles that management has to do. It has to basically take care of the customer, define the purpose of the business, who is the customer, what does he desire, what does he consider value, and then apply that to the customer aspect. Look at the people. Drucker says people are our greatest assets and we have to create the achieving worker. So he said the carrot and the stick, rewards and discipline is not the way. People want to do a good job. They want to excel. So management's challenge is to affirm them and uh, let them grow and then create a good environment. So I think what we've tried to do since the late 70s is just consistently do the same three things over the last 35 years. At what point did you take over the business from your father? My father passed away in 1979, um, and uh, that's January 13, 1979. Okay, and while he was still alive, was he, he was obviously prepping you or training you to take over the business at that time? Yes. And so you were already taking some of this management responsibilities? Yes. And were you already applying these new philosophies? A little bit, but uh, not. there's nothing like necessity to motivate a person. And once he was gone, it was like, oh my God, what do I do now? So uh, we put on emergency crash course to try to uh, make sure that we were effective in that area. So, were you scared? Yeah, definitely. And then, what what were the things that you did initially? Because it, it's kind of an all of a sudden thing happening, right? Uh, my father had cancer, and 
we had about eight months to ten months to recognize that he might not make it. First, it was like we were hopeful, and then he might not make it, and then, oh, he's not going to make it. So during that time, there was uh, an urgency. So what was the uh, learning experience or learning experiences that you got out of that situation where your father suddenly passed away, you had to take over? Looking back on that now, what were the most important things you learned from that? Um, I think just to apply the business principles of uh, Peter Drucker and, and, you know, basically all businesses understand that. Take care of the customer, take care of your people, create a good environment and uh, give responsibility, give authority. And so we, we learned that that was very effective in creating a strong management organization. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Is the greatest part of your workday the leftover lasagna you packed for lunch? Is it quickly becoming apparent that you and everyone you know are smarter than your boss? Just how satisfying is it to wear an untucked shirt on Fridays? It's time you stopped filling a position and started being fulfilled with a job that excites you every day, not just payday. And now is the perfect time to demand more of the work week. The Honolulu Star Bulletin and Midweek Work with Monsters so you can live up to your potential right here. Your calling is calling. Find it at starclassifieds.monster.com. We're back with Jimmy Yamada, owner of A1 Electrician, Inc. Jimmy, you know, when you were a young, somewhat college student, right? That's when you decided, okay, you wanted to go into the family business with your father. Now you have four children of your own. Three. Three, yes. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And did they right away say they wanted to work with you or, you know, what happened with your children? My oldest son is in the business with me now and... um he was pretty sure he would never work for the business. My second. Why, why is that? Why, why was he sure he didn't want to work with it? Because he did the same thing I did. I sent him through my, my father's management program, which is the first year, dig a 100-foot, 150-foot-long trench. You mean uh, with a shovel? With a shovel. And his idea was, hey, Dad, there's a backhoe on the job. Maybe we can use that. And I said, no, there's a hill there. It's a little bit dangerous. So he went through... He, he worked in the sun, and uh, even after he graduated, I gave him a choice whether he, he could go out into the world and make 30000 or come and work as a full-time electrician and make fifty-five. So he was a very smart boy. He chose the fifty-five. So my second son is in full-time ministry, so he's, he was never planning to do, to do that. And I don't think my daughter, who's uh, in journalism, now, so maybe she can be your PR representative. That could be because just about everyone else in your family works there. So I mean, <laughs> it, it would almost make sense, right? Yeah. Right. So how did your wife and everyone else get involved with the the business? Was it over a period of time, or they all just came in at the same time? Uh, my wife joined us in about 1974 or thereabouts. 
my mother, after my father passed away, she had retired from uh, being a secretary at Fort Shafter for a general. And so I thought it wasn't good for her just to stay home and mourn. So uh, brought her in. And right after that, my sister came in because we needed stronger uh, people in the office. So my brother came in about three years after that, 84, 85, something like that. How is that working with your family? You, you think it's better? Splendid. It makes the family stronger? Yes, yes. In fact, that's probably the key thing to, I, I think for me, to have the family tight-knit is more important than arguing a better way to make more money. So a stronger family. So even with my son, I have to try to remember that. What would you say to business owners that have taken over their parents' business or maybe they started it and they have children that you know they want them to take over the business but they're not sure how to do that? Would you suggest that they do guide these children into following in their footsteps? Should they let them loose and discover this on their own? I think there's a principle in the Bible that if you, f if you try to force, if you use law, it's very ineffective in bringing about change, uh, righteous living. I think if you take that principle into the business world, anytime you use force to try to coerce or to try to trick kids by enticing them um, with monies or cars, I think they know, and they're pretty shrewd and smart in, in, in this age. So I think the best thing to do is to develop their educational skills, their uh, soul skills, their emotion, their character, their mental discipline, and not try to, to, to hint or trick or force them into the family business by telling them that, uh, you will be a great president one day. You will take over the business until they're ready and they want it. So the community-based organizations that you support, a lot of them are actually religious-based. Where, where do you see this fitting into your, your business, or is it just separate? Well, I'm a believer, and I came to uh, Christ 19, in 1993, and the interesting thing for me was when I came to recognize that there was a God who can orchestrate things, good and bad, that uh, Peter Drucker, which was my God, my guru, was actually a Christian. And so when I looked at his principles, they're actually good principles from the Bible. So um, I think... Uh, God was orchestrating something there. So, how, how much crossover is there that you see, though? I mean, do you see that uh, supporting the, you know, your community-based religious organizations crosses over and helps into your business at all? Definitely, there's a principle in the Bible that you reap what you sow, and uh, one of the things I believe the Creator wanted to do was to help those less fortunate. Uh, whether it be organizations, young business people, there's mentoring relationships, there's people that need help, whether they're millionaires, multimillionaires, or poor. 
So I think you reap what you sow. There's a spiritual principle of reaping and sowing, just as there is a physical principle of if you eat chocolate, ice cream, potato chips, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, that you will not have a healthy body. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Feeling fine, we're staying cool on Hawaiian time. Neptunites, the sunshine in your mouth. Neptunites, for bubble tea supplies in your home, at a party or business, contact Bubble Tea Supply at 948-2622 or online at bubbletea.com. Neptunites, the sunshine in your mouth. How do you sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. Greatergoodradio.com You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. Today's guest is Jimmy Yamada Jr., owner of A1 Electrician, Inc. Does the company get involved with these organizations, or is it primarily you're the one that's getting involved with the organizations? Both, because uh, for us, we cannot separate the company from the Yamadas. So... My, for myself, it's time and energy. For the company, it's finances. So we have uh, a good Samaritan fund that we fund, and we also have a, we have a good Samaritan foundation, which is a 5013C organization, and we also give in, into our good Samaritan fund or out of our good Samaritan fund. So it's a, uh, it's for us. It's one and the same. How does that work then? The Good Samaritan Fund is it a certain percentage of A one A profits goes into that, and then it, it goes into the foundation. We try to be good stewards of our funds. If we if we have profits, then a certain amount, which varies year to year based on uh, where we are, and um, so we it's it's pretty discretionary based on the Yamadas, how the Yamadas feel about that. And how do you decide where the money or the funds go? I think God uh, brings us to the people that he wants us to connect with. And so as we connect with these organizations and there's God's hand moving through our daily lives, we try to support those that we, f- we feel good about supporting. Uh, we wouldn't support something that we were uncomfortable with so it's pretty much we see God's hand moving in how he brought us together and how he connected us in these, um, va- you know, these various organizations and people. So with your family, you folks are all very spiritual? 
some more than others. How about yes. the company itself, the employees? Are they all, do they all buy into the same principles? Some more than others. Do you, do you find that with the charitable giving from the company that the employees are more engaged? Uh, I, th I think so. I think that when they recognize that we're concerned about people and there's a social responsibility that Drucker actually says that uh, businesses have. In fact, that's one of Drucker's three tenets that we give, you know, we give back to society and they are part of society and uh, when they hear that we may be helping uh, Salvation Army. Anyone out there that has someone in drugs, recognizing that the Salvation Army helps kids in drugs, I think that uh, it rubs off on their thinking. So, do you, do you find that that encourages the employees to do uh, charitable works outside of uh, business and outside of the company? We don't try to impose our thoughts on them. I think uh, I think our main philosophy is that we take care of the workers and we try to move that into their families. So I think if we take care of their families and the workers and give them good consistent work, they don't have a problem uh, not aligning perfectly with our philosophical beliefs that may be different from theirs. So the organizations that you folks are supporting, why, why did you decide to support these specific organizations? I'll have to answer that this way. It's it's the hand of God just moving through. Each each situation has its own personal relationship where God spoke to me and said, I want you involved in these organizations. So at another time, we'll share those. You know, that, that brings up actually an interesting point. When you say spoke to you, though, does that mean it's... It's actual words that you're hearing, or is it instances or experiences or kind of uh, epiphany-type things? Or how does, how does the communication actually happen? All of the above. God can speak in dreams, vision, in your ears, in your heart, on a bit of pain. I think um, I've uh, heard his voice in many different ways for maybe something like surfing the nations. God... I think uh, brought me, I was surfing one day and I saw this person and we connected and um, as I was driving home, uh, I felt the Lord speak into my heart and say, you need to help him build his ministry. But I didn't, I knew him by his first name and I thought I would never see him again. A year and a half later, God connected uh, my son, David, who's in the ministry now, with his daughter at Monolo High School. And so from that connection, I recognized that God's, God's hand was bringing back us together. So it's, um, it's, you know, God opens doors and God closes doors. So, so what, what do you do for the surfing, uh, surfing project? The surfing the uh, Nation project. We, we help uh, financially. I do a Bible study once a week up uh, at their facilities. I've been doing that for the last maybe three or four years. Uh, we've uh, helped with their youth group, having them, uh, they were holding Bible studies. My son was leading a Bible study with some of their group, which grew from six to eight kids till 
about 30, 20 to 30. One day we had 80 kids and young adults at our home. Fed them dinner. They, were, they worship. They do Bible studies. And they don't do drugs and go killing people. Do, do you have a success story to come out of that? Maybe something that you know that, wow, this is really worth it. This kid, this changed your life. There's a, a young man by the name of Derek who I believe one, uh, one day about three, four, five years ago probably could have killed himself, was planning to, and uh, came to our Bible study, got connected up with Surfing the Nations, and today is part of a full-time uh, missionary at Surfing the Nations. They'll go out into the world uh, Bali, and Sri Lanka, different places. They're, they feed maybe 1,200 to 1,500 people in Kalhi Valley once a week. Derek's part of that. And today I see him in church. He's coming to our church. And uh, he has a big giant smile. I just, just saw him this past Sunday, shook his hand. And I say, God is moving in Derek's life. So there's thousands of those kids from surfing the nations over the past eight years. Thanks for joining us today on Greater Good Radio. For more information or a transcript of today's show, please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. This is your host, Evan Leong and Carrie Leong, saying please join us next time for another episode of Greater Good Radio Hawaii.